Sincerity edition of the A Trans Book Talk Podcast. And today we have the Saturday High School Football Recap. A rundown of all the scores from Friday night and some from Thursday as well to all that on the A Trans Book Talk Podcast. The Saturday edition, we try to bring this to you every Saturday. Also, we will be taking a look at college football's top 25 and how it got to where it got leading into the second or third week of college football, however you want to look at it. So stay tuned to the Atrium Sports Talk Podcast. The show is about to begin next. It's your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, the Atrium Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And around this time, if there's no other time that I'm consistent during this time of the year, high school football season. And this is also the weekend I'll be doing my coach's corner. And very vital that I do the coach's corner because the coach's corner is sponsored by the Health Connection for all your holistic needs and natural herbs and healing. It's the Health Connection with three locations to serve you two in Wichita and one in Rose Hill. Natalie Greenlee is the owner. Stop by and tell her that the A train sent you the Health Connection, proud sponsor of the Coach's Corner. Which this show will actually be published upon tomorrow. Uh, we will have special guest Coach's Corner, Western Short. So just a heads up on that. That's a programming note. So let's bring you up to speed as to what happened as I tell you we're also going to talk a little college football as well too to the top 25 and games that are going on today so can't wait to bring you up to speed on that but we're going to look at high school football scores from last night starting with 6A so let's get this train on the track and rolling alright uh, looking at the 6A scores, and this is basically all across the state of Kansas. Uh, looking at, like I say, starting with 6A. Shiny Mission Northwest was in a battle with Olathe West. Olathe West comes out the victors with the final score of 39-34. Blue Valley against St. James Academy, and it was basically a no contest as Blue Valley routed St. James 42-13. Another Blue Valley battle, a battle of the Blue Valley Directional Schools, North versus West, and North doubled them up by a final score 42-21. And another Blue Valley school went up against a bishop, Bishop Miage. And that game was pretty much closely contested game, but Blue Valley Northwest ekes out the victory by a final score of 49 to 36. Moving right along. Battle of Kansas City. Kansas City Ruskin against Kansas City Wyandotte in a nail biter. Kansas City Ruskin comes out on top 32 to 30. Junction City taking on Manhattan. Manhattan, one of those traditional powerhouses. And Manhattan comes out the winner, 37-21. Washburn ruled against Topeka, and it was basically a blowout victory as Washburn ruled. Hands Topeka a 34-7 loss. A battle of Olathe. 
the directional schools, Northwest versus East, low scoring affair, or Lakeland Northwest comes out on top, 13 to 6. And when I look at this next score, I have to ask the question, what's going on? Because I do believe they have now started the season 0-2 as Olathe North blanks Gardner Edgerton, which is usually a powerhouse coming out of the east bracket. But Olathe North shuts them out 26-0. Free State has no problem with Shawnee Mission South beating them 49-14. Lawrence manhandles Shawnee Mission North 37-7. A battle of the Shawnee Mission schools, East versus West. West hands East to Blake, hands East to shut out 8-0. In a game not too far from here, opening up their new stadium, finally getting to play in their newly renovated stadium. Derby playing host to Newton, and they were not gracious as Derby beats Newton 50 to 17. Dodge City playing host to Liberal, likewise 48 to 12. In a game right here in the city of Wichita, a game that was more close than what some may have thought, and we're still looking for this team to have their breakout this year. Capen going up against Wichita East. I'm going to still say an improved East High team. They just have a murderous road schedule to start the season that way. And Western Sharp said they learned something from this game as opposed to open up with a blowout blowout win. And you will hear those comments from him later on. However, Capen found a way to come up with the victory, knocking off East 29-22. Independence took on Wichita North, and let's just say, without saying it, but let's just say it, it's going to be a long season. Independence beats North 52-6. And run out 6A, Wichita West manhandles Wichita Southeast 48-16. Now we move on to 5A. Chanute taking on Pittsburgh, and Chanute comes away with the 21-7 victory. Aquinas in a pretty much high-scoring game against Lutheran North out of Missouri, but they come away with the win, 53-39. Blue Valley Southwest takes on DeSoto and beats them 34-20. Bonner Springs and Shiny Heights couldn't figure it out in regulation, so they played overtime, and Bonner Springs comes out with a 35-34 victory. Baser Linwood look like they're still rolling as they roll over Leavenworth, 42-13. Kansas City, Washington against Kansas City Sumner, a battle of the Kansas City schools. In a hard-fought game, closely contested game, Washington comes out ahead, 16-14. Atchison against Highland Park in a relatively high-scoring affair. Ashison comes out ahead, 47-36. Topeka takes on Emporia, and Topeka comes out with a four-point victory, 36-32. Mill Valley, another traditional powerhouse school, pretty much cruises past Olake to South by the score of 35-14. Gardner Eisenhower going up against those Mustangs from Salina Central. They posted them up. They posted them by 10 by the final score of 24 to 10. 24 to 14, excuse me. Mays Eagles against those campus Colts. Campus Colts came riding in the maze, went limping out with a 29 to 10 loss. Another closely contested low scoring affair, Garden City against Hutch. I remember these games, at least on the college side. Well, look like the high schools, the high schools are playing the same, pretty much the same way. Closely contested games. Garden City though comes out ahead by six, beating Hutchison, thirteen to seven. You wonder if that missed field goal, they weren't thinking about that. They found a way to win it. May South 
takes on Salinas out. And at the rate things are going, we could be headed toward a May-South clash of two undefeated teams in the same time. However, May-South comes out ahead of Salinas South. No-brainer, no problem. 51-14. Valley Center against Goddard. Rode in to Goddard. Bus ride home. Happy bus ride home. As Valley Center leaves out, 28-14. Hayes, a school that we saw beat Wichita East last week. This school is still rolling. They're one of the contenders in their division. As they just rolled up Great Bend, 51-0. And how about another key pivotal matchup in the City League or the Greater Wichita Athletic League? You had a game of Wichita Northwest versus Wichita Heights. Would both teams be leaving 1-1, one one, or would one team be leaving 2-0 while another team leaves 0-2? Well, as it, so, as it so turned out, both schools leave 1-1 one one as Northwest overcame starting 0-2 and leave out 1-1 one one by a final score of 62-40. to 40. Bishop Carroll has no problem with Wichita South. As they come out ahead, 35-6. And something tells me they, they must have at least called off the dogs a little bit because from what I've seen, the score probably could have been a whole lot worse than that. And now we are going to move on to 4A. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what I am going to do. Let me see here. Yes, we are going to go ahead and continue on with 4A and looking at the scoreboard in 4A. Yeah, Fort Scott taking on Butler, Missouri, and Butler, Missouri comes away with a 31 to 22 victory. Lewisburg and Tonganoxie. Square it up and look like another game where a missed field goal could have haunted you, but it didn't. As Lewisburg comes out ahead. 34-28. Spring Hill against Paoli. And Spring Hill has no problem as they cruise to a 42-14 victory. Kansas City Piper against Eudora in a more closely contested game. The KC Piper comes out ahead 26-23. Lansing has no problem with KC Turner. Thanks for coming, KC. Final score, Lansing, 60. KC Turner, blank. Wamego up ends Marysville, 28-7. Hugleton takes on Ulysses. Hugleton comes out 21-13. Winfield beats Labette County, 27-7. Rose Hill, one of the places where my sponsor has her business, has no problem with Clearwater, 47-7. Andale takes on Mulvane, and they cruise to victory by the score 32-6. to McPherson blanks the circle, 44-0. Andover Central going up against Bueller, and they come away with a two-point victory as they win that one, 21-19. Andover blanks Arc City by the score of 41-0, and Augusta tops Eldorado by seven. Final score of 21 to 14. So now what we are going to do here, we will take a break. And when we come back, we will pick back up with 3A. Stay tuned to the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, 
medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com. That's www.kakeybums.com. www.kakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. This portion of the A-Train podcast is sponsored by The Health Connection with three locations to serve you in Wichita, 1709 West Douglas, 3101 North Rock Road, number 170, and 1001 Rose Hill Road, Rose Hill, Kansas. Yes, welcome back to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast as we now bring you up to date with all the high school scores from around the state of Kansas from all classes. This far, we brought you up to what happened in 6A, 5A, and 4A. Now we are going to go ahead and with 3A, and we might even get into a little 8-man. We'll pump the brakes on that for right now. Let's get to 3A, and we will look at where our time is at, and then we may get into 8-man. We're definitely going to talk a little bit about college football, NCAA, as well as some HBCU. It's a key matchups. So let's just go ahead and get on back into this. Scoring high school recap. Coming in with 3A. Across the state of Kansas. So, feel like the game that had to be scheduled was Collegiate versus Wellington. We don't know what's going on with that, but we will give you the scores that we do have. As Rossville manhandles Rock Creek 6-14. Also, Hiawatha overcomes Perry LeCompton by a score of 21-7. Prairie View had no problem with Osawatomie beating them 48-12. And a school that is from where my mother, the late Mary R. Smith Hall, was born in, Coweta. I've heard people on scoring shows here in Kansas pronounced this name wrong. It's Coweta. That's how I heard my mama pronounce it, so I take it my mama's right. Anyway, Coweta out of Oklahoma. Manhandles Frontenac, 42-6. Burlingame and Santa Fe Trail, that game was canceled. Gerard blanked the Lions from Baxter Springs, 49-0. Cherryville does the same thing to Blue Stem by a score of 45-0. Parsons let Iola score, but they still beat them 32-14. Caney Valley beat Neodache 48-6. Galena squeaks past Pitt, Pitt, Pittsburgh Colgan 20-12. Osage City blinks Council Grove 51-0. Richmond out of Missouri, Mollywops Bishop Ward, 54-16. Columbus beats Coffeyville, 40-8. Ottawa blanks Baldwin, 42-0. Topeka Seaman, manhandles Topeka Hayden in the Battle of Topekas, 35-14. Russell outlasts Thomas Moore Prep, 23-17. Scott City squeaks past Holcomb, 14-12. Clay Center blanks Jefferson West, 57-0. Holton gets past Chapman by 10 by a score of 24-14. Concordia outlasts Abilene, 51-20. Kingman beats Wichita Trinity, 42-20. 
Cheney blanks Bell plane 66-0. And Halstead overcomes Nickerson by the score of 38-24. Now we... Dive into 2A. And there was another school from Oklahoma visiting the state of Kansas. Quaypaw out of Oklahoma. I hope I pronounced that right. That's spelled Q-U-A-P-A-W. So anybody that listens to this podcast, if you want to correct me if I'm wrong, feel free. Anyway, Riverton beats Quaypa, 32-20. Cherokee Southeast blanks Jayhawk Lynn, 37-0. Humboldt squeaks past Fredonia in a closely contested game, 28-26. Eudora manhandles Erie by 20 by the score of 38-18. Silver Lake squeaks past St. Mary's by 1, 29-28. Atchison County Atchison County, Effingham, blanks Pleasant Ridge, 22-0. Mower Hill manhandles Oskaloosa, 35-8. Texahoma beats Southwestern Heights, 19-6. Elkhart squeaks past Syracuse, 14-13. Stratford, Texas, blanks Lakin, one of those Texas schools coming into the state of Kansas. You can pretty much expect this. 54 to 0. Nemaha Central blinks Royal Valley, 49 to 0. Sabetha blinks Riverside, 42 to 0. Anderson County Garnett gets manhandles Wellsville, 37 to 6. And Goodland and Norton County decided that regulation wasn't good enough. And overtime, not one, not two, but three. They want to entertain the people, give them some free football. However, Norton comes out ahead. Norton community outlasts Goodland 33 to 27. Smith Center. Cruises past Phillipsburg, 36-12. Republic County cruises past Ellsworth, 22-15. Southeast of Saline has no problem with Beloit beating them, 36-6. Raleigh County goes, cruises past Minneapolis, 42-21. Cimarron gets past Colby, 26-14. Garden Plain had no problem with Sterling as they blanked them, 60-0. Chaparral gets past Hutch Trinity, 22-16. Marion, in a closely contested game, outlasts Douglas, 26-18. Pratt has no problem with Mission Valley beating them, 59-22. Hillsboro, 25-14 over Heston. Poisington gets past Larnard, 27-14. Smoky Valley cruises past Haven, 20-8. Now we go to 1A. Linden blanks Pleasanton, 27-0. Opie does the same likewise to Central Heights, only much worse, 53-0. Jackson Heights manhandles Horton, 48-7. Centralia gets past Uniontown, 31-12. And why am I seeing two Centralia scores? So something's got to be updated. It's also showing Centralia 31 and Troy 12. So maybe it's a mix-up in the teams that they played. We'll figure that out later or bring you correction next week. Anyway, Stanton County beats Sublette 42-16. Inman blanks Ellenwood 68-0. Not playing nice, are they? Plainville manhandles Oakley 37-6. El Saline cruises past Sacred Heart, 35-14. Cedric blows out Northern Heights, 52-8. Conway Springs gets past Remington, 40-28. to 
as as Valley Heights, if I can pull this back up. Here we go. As Valley Heights and Jefferson County North looks to be rescheduled. Now we move to eight man division one and hold on to your seatbelt strap in because these are going to be some high scoring affairs and a lot of them are going to be one-sided but there will be a few close ones look like as west elk gets past cruises past oxford in what i would consider a lowly scoring game 46 22. gate center blows the doors off out to the midway 60 to zero burden central Cruises past Cedar Valley Dexter, 56-0. St. Paul against Oswego. Now, this is what you call a shootout in eight-man. Final score, St. Paul outlast Oswego, 68-66. Sedan cruises past Flint Hills, 60-14. In a medium-scoring game, Chase County gets past Lebo, 44-36. In another closely contested game, Donovan West bows down to Bishop LeBlond out of Missouri, 56-50. In a closely contested game, Waverly outlasts Burlingame, 26-0. And Bennington gets past Washington County, 34-28. In a low-scoring affair, yes, this is low-scoring, Little River gets by Clifton Clyde, 14-6. Kenton Galvin steamrolls Solomon 54-6. Attica Argonia demonizes Udall Eagles 48-0. Lincoln, Fair, Lincoln blows past Fairfield 58-12. Gossel blinks Harrington 46-0. Pretty Prairie outduels, outlast, blows past St. John Hudson 78-24. Another shutout, Buckland shuts out Kiowa County, 56-0. Mound Ridge outduels Maxville, 54-36. Spearville blows past Mineola, Tremago Community came 76 on Wichita County, beating them 76-28. Hoxie outlasts Lacoste 64-28. Hill City blows past Ness City 49-18. And Medicine Lodge beat Pratt Skyline in OT 48 42. And that was eight man division one. Now we go to eight man division two. As we see here, Maria's Desingas Valley cruises past South Coffee County 56 12. Quintner beats Dighton, 36-22. Victoria has no problem with Chase as they mollywop them, 68-6. Stafford blanks Wilson, 49-0. Peabody Burns cruises past Central Christian, 52-28. Caldwell Steamroll South Haven, 72-26. Norwich squeaks Pass South Barber 26-24. Madison has no problem manhandling Hartford 46-0. to 
Valley Falls blows past Cornerstone 52-6. Wheatland Grinnell gets past Kinsley by the score of 58-34. Hodgman County has no problem with South Central, cruising past them 22-6. South Gray blows past Santanta 60-20. Atwood Rollins County blanks St. Francis 47-0. Decatur Community gets past Wallace County, 18-12. Logan Palco blows out Stockton, 48-16, as Central Plain blanks Tescott, 44-0. Sylvan Lucas has no problem with Otis Bison by the final score of 42-6. Lynn outlasts Southern Cloud, 48-26. Thunder Ridge has no problem with Pike Valley, 62-16. As Hanover beats Onaga, 70-36. Axtell has no problem with Blue Valley Randolph, 68-6. And Frankfurt shuts out Wetmore, 43-0. Also, close this thing on out. We have a little bit of six-man and... Not a lot to give you in six men, but that that we do have, we will give it to you. As Bird City Shalene blanks Deerfield 70 to 0. Fowler hangs 92 on Burton, beating them by the score of 92 to 46. Ashland Heights, Ashland outlasts Pawnee Heights 74 to 38. Eads, Eads out of Colorado. Outdoors Tribune 52 to 46. Natoma gets past Northern Valley 53 to 50. Moscow Steamrolls Roller 53 to 6. And Weskin Outdoors Golden Plains 54 to 46. So, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a break and come back with some more news for you. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Jackson State outdraw multiple Power Five 
game. So this could be two segments. Let's get into feature for tonight. As HBCU schools will be in the spotlight tonight, as far as I'm concerned. Granted, we've already had some upsets, or at least an upset for the second straight time. The number three ranked team in college football has been upset. Normally, that happens to a team that's ranked number one, especially in college basketball. Someone knocks off a number one team, then they name a new number one, and next thing you know, that number one team gets knocked off. But first it was Clemson, now Ohio State. But that's another topic and another show. Also, on the programming note, Coach's Corner, which I usually do on Saturday, will be done tomorrow. So to let you know, the Coach's Corner I will have as my special guest, head coach of Cape Mount Carmel, Western Sharks. So the Coach's Corner will be tomorrow. So we're going to wrap up today's show with some HBCU news and may even give you some scores. Like I said, there has been an upset in college football, but today we're going to talk HBCU. I've already given you my high school scores, so now it's time for HBCU game day. And in looking at this, looking at this, we're looking at two NFL former players now coaching against each other. Jackson State, Tennessee State, Deion Sanders versus Eddie George. 32nd edition of the Southern Heritage Classic in Memphis promises another layer of anticipation as former NFL stars Deion Sanders, Jackson State, and Eddie George, Tennessee State lead the teams in to battle. Now, let me just say from a physical standpoint, there is no way on God's green earth Deion Sanders goes up against Eddie George. The type of running back Eddie George was, physical, punishing, could run past you or run through you, pick your poison. Anyway, the Southern Heritage Classic kicks off with the 32nd edition at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis Saturday evening, pitting historic HBCU powers and rivals Jackson State against Tennessee State. But the game, for all its past glory, has never had a matchup like this year's. That's because this contest will pit former NFL greats turned HBCU head coaches in Deion Coach Prime Sanders in his second season at Jackson State versus New Tennessee State Head Coach Eddie George. It's the featured matchup in week two of the 2021 HBCU football season. Here's the basics of what you need to know. Saturday, September 11th, time, 6 p.m. Central Time. Place Liberty Bowl, Memphis. TV, ESPN3. Southern Heritage Classic History, the SHC has consistently grown 42,000-plus over the last decade. It's top 50,000 11 times and has never drawn less than 25,991. It drew in its second year, 1991. With this clash of former NFL All-Pros on the sidelines, this year's game could challenge the all-time high in attendance, 61,171 in 1997. You can't even measure it. SHC founder Fred Jones Jr. said this week of the hype surrounding this year's game. From the time Dion was named the coach at S at JSU and Eddie was named the coach at TSU, it's just continued to go up, up, up. It's been really exciting to watch it go from a local level to a regional level to a national level because of these two personalities that are head coaches at the school. Last year's SHC was canceled because of COVID-19 pandemic. The 2018 game was halted because of inclement weather, lightning. Jones couldn't ask for a better restart to the rivalry that has seen the same two teams battle every year except 
two since 1990. Mississippi Valley State faced TSU in 1991, and Grambling faced TSU in 1993. TSU has won six of the last seven games and holds a 17-12 edge versus JSU in the Classic. JSU's last win was a 49-44 shootout in 2019. Jackson State questions. The first edition of Jackson State 2.0, the Tigers' second year under Sanders, had a somewhat successful launch last week. The Tigers nudged out Florida A&M 7-6 in Sunday's Orange Blossom Classic in Miami. It was an outcome leaving as many questions as answers. Like, how good is the coach's son, Shador? JSU's freshman quarterback, who, who threw 24 times, 221 yards without a pick, as FAMU versus FAM, FAMU, but coughed up two fumbles and could only get JSU into the red zone once. He played all right, said the father of his talented son. What about. Okay, try that again. What about the team not being a regular SWAC team as Shadur opened in the preseason? What was special about them Sunday? FAMU battled them toe-to-toe. And what about all the Division One transfers that were supposed to make such a difference? Where and who were they last Sunday? The defense was stellar versus FAMU, consistently pressuring the quarterback and making bone jarring hits. The other Sanders son, Shiloh, a transfer safety from South Carolina, was particularly effective registering seven tackles, one for a five-yard loss. <clears throat> yes, it was a good win for Jackson State over a good FAMU squad, but after Sanders' team's performance, those questions are still out there. Tennessee State questions. Georgia's team debuted Sunday with a 16-10 loss to Grambling State in Canton, Ohio's Black College Hall of Fame Classic. TSU played three quarterbacks, Tucker Pope, Jeremy Hickbottom, and Devon Bryant. Pope started, Hickbottom played most of the second quarter, and Bryant came in late in the second quarter and finished the game. The three combined to complete just 13 passes and 24 attempts for 118 yards. Pump the brakes right there. Three quarterbacks, there's a saying that goes on in football talk that says, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Three quarterbacks, 13 passes, 24 attempts, 118 yards, three quarterbacks. Will the real quarterback please stand up? Hickbottom was likely the most effective, completing eight of 10 passes for 65 yards, but Bryant led them to their only touchdown the third quarter. Who will the TSU brass start and play this week? Most concerning is that TSU committed eight offensive penalties, six of them delay a game infractions on an offense coordinated by former NFL head coach Hugh Jackson. That's a concern. A lot of things that cost us the game are definitely correctable, George said after the game. We will keep our head down and keep going. Southern Heritage classic matchup. Neither team ran the ball well last week. TSU ran for 112 yards on 30 carries, 3.7 yards per carry, while JSU was limited to just 71 yards on 36 carries, 2 yards per carry. Neither of these grizzled gridiron pros will be happy with those numbers. Expect TSU to feed its preseason all-OVC stud running back, Devon Starling, 18 carries, 88 yards more. Ditto for JSU and 225-pound power back Peyton Pickett, 15 carries, 62 yards. But expect Sanders to mix in more totes for the much quicker Santee Marshall, 5'9", 170. The biggest question is how the Heisman Trophy winner George and Football Hall of Famer Sanders get their teams to respond after subpar performances. Well, the good thing is at least one team won. So now the stage is set. Tennessee State, 
Jackson State. Eddie George versus Deion Sanders. Who would have thought we'd see that coaching matchup on any level? Anyway, there is some more. As this can't help but to continue to build the legend that is vastly becoming known as Deion Sanders. And the one thing we can say about Deion Sanders, go back to his playing days, how flashy he was, how some would say cocky he was. I would say it was confidence, borderlining maybe cockiness. Of course, at that level, you got to have a little bit of cockiness. But how about the fact that Deion Sanders as coach at the HBCU school, along with other fellow coaches now, such as Eddie George and Tyrone Wheatley. Sanders is all about bringing attention, not to just him nor his program, but to all HBCU schools. Basically, he has basically served the HBCU community on notice saying, hey, I can promote us, but now you have to promote yourself as well, too. But Sanders has been far from arrogant and cocky on this HBCU rant, as he said in a comment last week. Yes, when we're on the field, I want to tell you apart, but at the end of the day, you're my brother, and I want to see you succeed. So it's all about, I think I might like that as a hashtag. Hashtag, all about HBCU. So if you're hearing this, go ahead and use that hashtag. Anyway, Deion Sanders, Jackson State, I'll draw multiple Power Five games. More people tuned in to see Jackson State and Deion Sanders beat Florida A&M in several Power Five matchups in week one. So let's look at this and break this down. Television ratings for the first full weekend of college football are in the books. And HBCU football did better than multiple Power Five matchups, led by a big win from Deion Sanders and Jackson State. The Jackson State, Florida A&M, and Grambling State, Tennessee State matchup both outdrew several P5 matchups on Sunday afternoon. The GSU-TSU game was aired live on NFL Network with a kickoff time of 4 p.m. Eastern. It drew a rating of .20 with viewership of 315K. That number outdrew the Stanford-Kansas State game that kicked off at noon Eastern on Saturday, which had a 312K viewers. It had more than 60K viewers above Nevada and California's 10.50 p.m. Eastern matchup brought in. The JSU-FAMU game was even more widely viewed, pulling in a rating of .422. The rating nearly doubled the Pac-12 Big Ten matchup of Oregon State versus Purdue. That game was aired on Saturday night during the primetime with a 7.16 p.m. start and had a total viewership of 439K. By comparison, an average of 715K viewers saw Deion Sanders lead his team to a 7-6 win over Florida A&M on ESPN2. A third HBCU game was televised but did not register on the showbiz, on the Showbuzz daily rating system. That game was the inaugural Boeing Red Tails Classic, which saw Fort Valley State dominate Tuskegee on Sunday night on ESPNU. These numbers come on the heels of a huge start to the season in week zero. I cannot get used to saying week zero, but that's what they call it now. The MEAC SWAC challenges Alcorn State. NC Central matchup registered as the second most watched regular season game in FCS football championship subdivision history. An average audience of 1.06 million people watched the game's duration. Sunday's game didn't outdraw that game, but they didn't have a Saturday primetime slot either. This Saturday, Deion Sanders and Jackson State will take on Eddie George and Tennessee State in the Southern Heritage Classic. So, make sure you watch these games as often as you can. When you find out they're about to be aired, 
watch them send those ratings up make people take notice that hbcu is a good brand of football they have good coaching and like i said hashtag it's all about hbcu hashtag that hopefully someone that hears this you hashtag that and we can get 100,000, 200,000 hashtags on that. But hashtag is all about HBCU or all about HBCU. Hopefully you have enjoyed this. Like I said, tomorrow I will be back again to do what is called the Coach's Corner. I will also give you a rundown of the top 25, the top, get this right, the top 25 NCAA football scores and maybe a few side notes. But the Coach's Corner will be done tomorrow. Once again, we'll be reaching out to Western Sharks. So I look forward to doing that. And possibly looking at picking up another sponsor for my HBCU Sports Report. So, like I said, I'm not going to let the cat out the bag just yet. But just when you hear a new sponsor pop up, it's going to be for my HBCU Sports Report. So until the next time, which is right around, which is tomorrow, take care of yourself and each other and have a blessed day. This is the A-Train pulling the train into the station.